Welcome to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and I'm privileged to be the Director of Local Ministries here at True Talk 800, KPDQ, 104.1 The Fish, and 93.1 El Rey. And our very special guest today is Pastor Chuck O'Neill, who you may have known from Beaverton Grace Bible Church. And he was also on the air for years on KPDQ on a program called Sola Scriptura. So welcome, Pastor Chuck. How are you today? I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me on. It is a privilege to have not only Pastor Chuck O'Neill on, but also Tony Miano, who is a full-time evangelist of Cross Encounters Ministry. Tony, how are you today? I'm doing well, sir. Thanks for having me on. It's a privilege to have you both aboard. I want to get to know more about each of you, but in addition to that, we want to share with our listeners about this Biblical Church Evangelism Conference. It's coming up on August 11th and continuing through the 17th. So, Tony, would you like to share about some of what you'll be bringing to us at this conference? Uh, sure. I'll be, uh, I'll be preaching uh, four messages during the conference. Uh, one will focus on uh, lust uh, and uh, how that is really the motivating sin behind the murder of abortion. Uh, abortion, by and large, is a murder of convenience. Uh, to satisfy one's felt needs, uh, to satisfy, satisfy one's cravings, to live life the way they want to, uh, without uh, responsibility and without consequence. Um, I'll also be doing two messages, uh, each focusing on a different religion and reaching those uh, adherents to those religions uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, one being Islam and one being Roman Catholicism. And then uh, the fourth message I'll bring will focus on uh, bringing the gospel to a wicked and perverse generation uh, that now calls uh, evil good and good evil, uh, with the two false gods, two primary false gods of our age being uh, abortion and homosexuality. So, Tony, I've read some very interesting facts that uh, Pastor Chuck gave me on your biography. Can you tell us? a brief background about yourself, where you grew up, and where you came to know the Lord in the first place. Sure. Uh, well, I was uh, born and raised just outside of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Grew up uh, a Steelers and Pirates fan in the uh, uh, late Go Steelers. 60s. What's that? Go Steelers. That's right. That's right. Pastor Chuck and I have yet one more common bond, in addition to the gospel being Steelers fans. Um, I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church, uh, believed uh, many of uh, the basic tenets of the of the Roman Catholic Church that agree with Christianity, namely that uh, Jesus is the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin, uh, that he was sinless, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave. Uh, I also believe that all Italians went to heaven. Uh, <laughs> don't laugh, I still have friends. Um, <laughs> but uh, beyond those intellectual ascents, uh, I mean, the religion really meant nothing to me. I was bribed with a box of 600 baseball cards to participate in my first communion, so that was the depth of my spirituality. Um, I moved out here to Southern California at about the age of 10, and uh, we never darkened the door of a Roman Catholic church again, uh, but still held fast to the fact that we were good Catholic people, that uh, God would let us into heaven because we were Italian, Catholic, and... uh, and our good outweighed our bad. Um, I grew up basically uh, unscathed, meaning that I didn't get caught for much of what I did. 
through my teenage years, met a religious girl uh, named Maria, who's been my wife now for 29 years. She was attending a Methodist church, uh, was uh, very devout uh, in, in going to church every Sunday, participating in the choir, and I wanted to get the girl, so I went to church with her. And uh, I have a bit of a bass baritone voice, could sing a little bit, so they uh, sprinkled me into the church and uh, put me in a large robe with a large cross on the front, sang in the choir, and I figured, oh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm Italian, I'm a good guy, I'm singing in the choir, and <laughs> I'm in love with a church lady. Uh, shortly after that, I, I was hired by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department uh, in 1987. Uh, served with uh, the department for 20 years, and uh, we started to raise a family, and I figured I had all of my religious ducks in a row now, um, adding adding to that, making babies and going out and saving the world. I figure I'm in. And uh, one night I overheard uh, one of my sergeants uh, talking about his faith, his Christian faith, with a few other deputies, and I butted into the conversation. I said, hey, I'm a Christian. I sing in the choir. And uh, the sergeant looked at me, he wasn't flippant, he wasn't condescending, um, but he smiled and he said two words. He said, that's nice. And I immediately walked away, completely convicted that I was a hypocrite and I had no idea uh, what a Christian was and I knew I wasn't one. And that began about a a month-long journey of of, uh, talking to the sergeant, having him share the law and the gospel with me, and uh, which led to me crying out to God on uh, September 4th, 1988, uh, repenting of my sin and asking Him to be my Lord and uh, and my Savior. And by God's grace, I've been walking with Him now for uh, the last 26 years. I retired from full-time duty in 2007, and I've been in full-time ministry in one capacity or another since 1999. Want to hear something funny, Tony? Uh, yesterday, sure. they gave me the privilege of filling in for Georgine Rice on the Georgine Rice Show, and I interviewed Ron Mel Jr., the son of Ron Mel. And Ron also has a law enforcement background, and something he shared, I want to see if you agree with this or not, something he shared with us is that being able to read people is a very important quality and characteristic and a tool that you would need to have not only in law enforcement, but in working with the church, do you find that to be similar in your case? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, now that I'm, uh, I've been on the streets now for almost 10 years preaching the gospel, and, and what I learned about reading people, gauging a crowd, uh, command presence, uh, the various tools that I, I learned during a law enforcement career absolutely prepared me not only to serve inside the church, but to serve Christ outside the church. Yes. So it's funny how God uses our various wide variety of backgrounds to use for his glory, no matter where we come from. So there's no need to have a a jealousy over other people's testimony stories like I have in the past. Oh, that guy was a a, a drug addict or a rock star, and look at him now. I wish I had his testimony. I grew up in suburbia. (laughs) That being said. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as as Lord and Savior, our our testimonies are... um, are miraculous, each and every one of us, that God would take wretched sinners like us, take our heart of stone, and give us a heart of flesh, and redeem us, uh, adopt us as beloved children for no other reason than to bring himself glory, uh, not because there's anything inherently good in us. So every Christian testimony is a miraculous 
story because God did all the work. Amen to that. And the angels sing in heaven anytime someone comes to the Lord. I think Amen. that's just a beautiful thing to think about. So how did you connect with Pastor Chuck O'Neill here? Well, we had met several years ago. Uh, Pastor Chuck and I uh, loved to attend a conference down here in Southern California hosted by Grace Community Church and Pastor John MacArthur called the Shepherds Conference. And, uh, and we met several years ago uh, by both attending that conference and uh, we would see each other uh, periodically as we would both come to, uh, both come to the conference. And uh, how long has it been now, Chuck, where we you know, really have, have been connected? Probably three, two, three years, maybe, maybe a little longer than that. Well, actually, when I, when I first met you, you were still on the force, I think, in a chaplain capacity. Yeah, so, yeah, so that was mid-2000s, right, and close we, to the turn of the century, yeah. <laughs> we, we kept meeting down there under some of the very best preaching on the face of the planet and just delighting in the Word of God together. Yeah, and you know, Pastor Chuck, uh, uh, you can't uh, you can't say ex or former. Uh, Pastor Chuck, being a Marine, uh, and me being in law enforcement, that um, our, our personality types are are pretty similar. We've got we've got quite a bit in quite a bit in common. You know, both with our backgrounds and and uh, with the ministries that God has called us to. And, and Pastor Chuck is is passionate about reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's He's passionate uh, about uh, staying consistent, uh, both in not only in his theology but in his practice, uh, staying consistent with what the truth of God's word is. And so uh, we hit it off, and uh, I had the opportunity uh, to go up to uh, uh, to Oregon a few years back and uh, uh, participate in a conference that was uh, held by another church and uh, got to meet Chuck and his family and some of the members of the church. And then I was invited to come up again uh, last year uh, to speak at the first uh, Biblical Church Evangelism Conference there at Beaverton Grace uh, Bible Church. Uh, uh, Beaverton Grace uh, is a supporting church of my ministry, and they are, uh, they are family to me. If I lived in the greater Portland, Oregon area, uh, Pastor Chuck would be my pastor, and Beaverton Grace would be my church. For more information on this upcoming Biblical Church Evangelism Conference, make sure that you check out the website, biblicalchurchevangelism.org. And when we return, more with Speaker Tony Miano and Pastor Chuck O'Neill. You are listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and our very special guests are Tony Miano and from Beaverton Grace Bible Church, Pastor Chuck O'Neill. They'll be hosting the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference August 11th through the 17th over at Beaverton Grace Bible Church. So, Pastor Chuck, you were telling me one of the stories that most uh, caught your attention about your speaker, Tony Miano. Could you share that with us, please? Sure, or at least uh, I'll start. Tony Miano is an outstanding minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by outstanding, I, I mean faithful. Uh, the Word of God says we're to preach the Word, whether in season or out of season, and in some places in particular, and some topics in particular, the Word of God has become out of season. And and so there's a couple points in Tony's ministry that, that stand out in that regard, and, and one is his arrest in England, and the second would be his arrest in Scotland. And uh, most recently there in Scotland, he, uh, he was arrested while faithfully preaching an excellent 
a wide-ranging gospel message that touched on many of our society's contemporary sins, sins that are also uh, prevalent there in Scotland. And in the midst of that message, he mentioned homosexuality as a sin that needed to be repented of and uh, the need for such an individual to turn into the Lord Jesus Christ in faith for salvation. A woman took offense. Uh, the woman contacted the police. The police subsequently arrested Tony, and he spent uh, some number of hours in jail, uh, I think nearly a full day at that time. And and uh, that case uh, recently uh, came to conclusion. Tony, w- w- would you tell us the conclusion? And, and then I think you also uh, had the had the joy of going uh, back to your your previous uh, co-worker in the gospel, uh, back to Ray Comfort's show and, and talking about that uh, on the air there. Yeah, it was uh, January 8th uh, of this year, the uh, Scotland incident. I was uh, out with a, uh, a young pastor from a small Reformed Baptist church in Perth. Uh, he had invited me to come to Scotland to, to uh, do a, a brief preaching tour of several of the cities there in Scotland and uh, one day we found ourselves in Dundee, um, home of some uh, uh, excellent open-air preaching history and uh, um, uh, some excellent churches uh, through, throughout the years. And uh, we, uh, we set up in the middle of a, well, not in the middle, rather, but on a sidewalk in, in the, one of the main streets. Uh, it was a pedestrian street, um, a very narrow and uh, we weren't using amplification. There wasn't any need because the, the acoustics were really good. And uh, I, I began, as, uh, as I always do, by uh, opening up the Word of God and, and reading it uh, aloud and then expounding upon the text uh, to preach the law and the gospel. And uh, got to a, and the sermon itself, I, I think all total, was close to 40 minutes uh, in length. And uh, I got to the point where I started to focus on the law of God and explain to those who were within the sound of my voice that uh, we know it's wrong to lie because God is truth. We, we know it's wrong to harbor bitterness or resentment or hatred in our heart uh, because we know that God is love. We know it's wrong to take his name in vain uh, because we know he's holy, and we know it's wrong to engage in any form of sexual immorality, whether heterosexual or homosexual, because we know God is faithful. Uh, and as Pastor Chuck already said, a, a woman from about 100 feet away uh, became incensed, uh, yelling and screaming to the point where I stopped and, and asked her why she was so angry. She said her son is a homosexual. Uh, that began, began a brief dialogue between us uh, where, I, um, where I made sure that those listening knew that, that uh, I don't hate homosexuals, that I love homosexuals uh, the same way I love uh, any other sinner, I don't want to see anyone perish in their sin. And a short time later, the police came, didn't ask me a single question, didn't ask to review the audio or video um, uh, tape uh, that we had of the entire preaching, uh, put me in the back of a paddy wagon, arrested me for breach of peace with an allegation of homosexual hate speech, homophobia, as they define it. And I spent the next 30 hours in custody, uh, stood before the sheriff of Dundee, uh, the, the local magistrate uh, to enter a charge if not guilty. Uh, I was due to go back to stand trial on April 22nd, um, but it took uh, literally six months for the prosecutor's office to figure out how to operate my video camera uh, so that they could watch the video evidence. And when they finally did, uh, they determined what I had been saying all along, that uh, 
I did not engage in any form of hate speech. Uh, they agreed. Uh, they said I did not. Uh, it was not a breach of peace. Uh, there was no homophobic hate speech of any kind. And on June 16th, uh, all the charges were dropped. That must have been daunting. Uh, did God give you a bit of a peace throughout all of this? You had known the decision you had made to share. Did you expect such a pushback, however? Well, uh, any any time, uh, there's an old saying, um, uh, any time you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that gets hit yelps. And the law of God is a rock, and whenever you, and whenever you uh, confront people with the law of God, those who break God's law and love themselves and love their sin will yelp. Um, but even beyond that, more than they hate the law of God, they hate Jesus Christ. Uh, they, they hate the God of the Word. And so anytime I open my mouth to proclaim the truth of God's law and his glorious gospel, I expect unsaved, unregenerate people to act according to their sinful nature. Sometimes that results in a verbal barrage of hate uh, sometimes that uh, has resulted in physical violence, and sometimes that uh, uh, results in arrest. So whether I mention the word homosexuality or adultery or fornication or lying or coveting or whatever the case may be, and certainly when I open my mouth and testify that Jesus Christ and him alone is God and he is the way and the truth and the life, I expect uh, what... Uh, I expect the pushback that Jesus received. I expect the pushback that the apostles received. I expect the pushback of every other man of God uh, throughout recorded history has received when they stand and dare to be a herald of the king. And it's not so much in, in a, an arrogant or cocky sense, it's just expecting it to come with the territory, expecting for there to be resistance. Otherwise, how effective are we? Right, exactly. And, you know, uh, Paul told Timothy that if, if we uh, pursue a godly life, if we seek to live a godly life, we will be persecuted. It's not that we go out looking for persecution. Uh, we're not to do that. But part of living a godly life is opening our mouths and de- declaring our love for our king. And if, if and when we do that, we should expect to be persecuted. Here in the West, here in the United States, uh, American evangelicalism really knows nothing of that, because much of what's called evangelism in the United States, much of the methodology that's considered evangelistic, is really designed to protect the Christian from persecution, and the soul of the unsafe person is really secondary. You're not the only speaker coming to this Biblical Church Evangelism Conference. However, if you were to address someone out there who needs to hear from you alone, Tony Miano? Who is your target audience right now? Who needs to hear from you at this conference? Uh, well, um, it, it, it's almost uncomfortable to say that people need to hear from me. Um, but they, ultimately, they need to hear from Jesus Christ. And it is both saved and unsaved. Uh, there are uh, Christians, and I would, and I would say without... Uh, speaking uh, with exaggeration or hyperbole, that the vast majority of American evangelicals 
live in wanton disobedience to their king. And they do that by refusing to open their mouths and proclaim the excellencies of Christ. They have, they have been duped by well-intended uh, pastors and teachers to believe that they are the gospel and that the gospel needs the help of their ability to develop relationships in order to be relevant and effective. And that, quite frankly, is blasphemous. Amen. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God's salvation. It's not Tony Miano. It's not Chuck O'Neill. It's not anyone else. Uh, the gospel needs not to be excused for. The gospel does not need the help of uh, a sinful man or woman's dynamic personality. The gospel sim- simply needs to be proclaimed. And I think the biggest problem in American evangelicalism today, and this is why Christians should come to this conference, is because Christians love themselves far more than they love God and lost people. Hmm. Every excuse a Christian comes up with for not sharing the gospel has to do with self-preservation. But yet Jesus has called us to count the cost. He has called us to deny ourselves, take up our crosses daily, and follow him. And when he said, follow me, he was talking about his cross. Jesus Christ has given us the right as Christians to die for our king. But yet much of what American Christianity does is hide in Christian bubbles because they're embarrassed by their king. So let's ask you, Pastor Chuck O'Neill, being with Beaverton Grace Bible Church as the pastor for over 15 years, how do we as the church, not an individual building or denomination, but as brothers and sisters in Christ, how do we get more back to the basics and not off on the fringes trying to win people over with our own preferences and styles versus just keeping our eyes focused on him. Right. Um, Ultimately, we need to get back to the Word of God. Uh, The the Scriptures are able to make us wise for salvation, and they're able to make us complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's, That's what Paul wrote to young Pastor Timothy. And we need to, again, believe that and look to the Holy Scriptures and, and what we find therein uh, is, is something simple and profound as this. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And that's a central tenet of the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference, is that we need to have faith in the Word of God to do the work that the Holy Spirit inspired it to do originally, and now, even now, illuminates the Word. Uh, all those the Lord is calling to Himself, He brings to Himself by bringing about faith in their hearts and minds through the Word of God coming to bear upon them. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Faith does not come by Chuck O'Neill being really, 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 really incredibly nice and baking some wonderful cookies and taking them to the neighbor. That would be a great thing to do, to love my neighbor, but I haven't truly loved my neighbor if I only bake them cookies and leave them in their sins on their way to hell. I need to love my neighbor with action and truth and bring to them the testimony of Jesus Christ from the Holy Scriptures. Pastor Chuck O'Neill and Tony Miano will be sharing more about these topics at the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference, August 11th through the 17th. More information is on the website, biblicalchurchevangelism.org. And we'll be back with Pastor Chuck and Tony on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. 
Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and coming to Beaverton Grace Bible Church, August 11th through the 17th, you won't mind to miss the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference with some great doctrine and preaching and teaching. Among the other speakers, we have Ken Cook, our guest Tony Miano, and Pastor Chuck O'Neill, who is the pastor of Beaverton Grace Bible Church. So, Pastor Chuck, tell us about how it's been for you in the past. Our listeners may remember you from your program, Sola Scriptura, which was basically Pastor Chuck's teachings over the air right here on KPDQ. Obviously, you've got a great temperament about you, and you're very listenable. So tell us about your background in the first place. We heard about Tony's, but can you tell us about your background when it comes to where you grew up, where you came to know the Lord, and especially your experience in the Marine Corps and how that affected you and strengthened you for your role today? Sure, absolutely. Be glad to. Uh, Well, I was born to a Coast Guard family. My father served for 30 years and retired out of the Coast Guard. And and being a Coast Guard family, we moved all over the place. And uh, wherever we moved, they found a United Methodist Church to attend. Unfortunately, of all the United Methodist churches I attended, the gospel was never part of that experience. Uh, there, There was never... Uh, a clear message given regarding the sinful nature uh, of man and our need to repent and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. It was more of a a good works club, uh, more of a a social engineering project of sorts. And and so when it came time to be confirmed at 13, I went through all the confirmation uh, literature and filled it all out and so forth. And, And then I asked a basic question of the pastor, and it was, why? why should I do this? <laughs> and I asked the same question to my parents, and, well, it would be good. It'd be good for, you know, family, good for church, good for society. It's just good to become a member of the church. And and that wasn't a good enough reason for me. And and uh, I had a, a sinful heart. Uh, the Bible's clear that the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They're corrupt. They're abominable. They've done no good thing. And, and I was a 13-year-old fool in that uh, proverbial or uh, uh, Psalm 14 sense. And so I wrote my own atheist manifesto. I declared that there was no God, and in effect, became a God unto myself, deciding for myself right and wrong, good and evil, and called my own shots and let my folks know I wouldn't be going to church anymore and went my way and and, uh, really made a sinful shipwreck of my young life. Uh, In 1990, I joined the United States Marine Corps and uh, joined for all the classic reasons. Uh, I did want to serve my country. I love the United States of America. I love to, the, to this day uh, the United States Marine Corps, and it's a needed mission in the world. Uh, but I went into the Marine Corps, a center, and uh, was blessed to receive, I think on day one, along with a lovely haircut that I still sport to this day, uh, <laughs> I received a Gideon New Testament. And God bless the Gideon, such a basic and profound biblical ministry of placing the Word of God in hospitals, placing the Word of God in hotels, and getting the Word of God out to our military forces. And so I received a Gideon New Testament in boot camp, and of all things, uh, in the, the few minutes of spare time here and there, read it. It was in the midst of boot camp in 1990 that I came to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, was born again from above, went there a uh, uh, a blasphemer and a drunkard and a, and a fighter and sexually immoral and, and came home, uh, what many would consider a church boy, wanting to love and follow and learn of the Lord Jesus. And, and I, I knew what it had been to be a sinner. I knew what it had been to be a blasphemer. Uh, I knew what it, it was to be a rebel. And now I knew what it was to be forgiven, to have the great 
blackness of my sin, the great weight of my sin removed, and, and to be a child of God forgiven. And I knew this was good news. No one had to tell me that gospel meant good news. Uh, it was good news. And so innately began to share it with others really right from the start. I would love to hear how your family reacted. <laughs> Mr. Party Boy, I turned my back on God at age 13 when you came home from the Marine Corps, no less, Yes, with this good news. Yes. Well, how did I, they take it? Did they I, think you had just lost your mind or what? Yes, for the most part, uh, absolutely. When when uh, you, you go from being a radical sinner to radical for the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, it, it's shocking to those near you. And I married at a young age, and and my wife uh, married a radical sinner, and so she was shocked at who who this was that came home from boot camp. And and uh, here's a quote from her at that time. Now she's still my wife today, so I have to be careful. <laughs> Almost 25 years later, but she said at that time, "Honey, you know I want to be good, but not that good." <laughs> uh, praise God. A year later, give or take, uh, he was pleased. While I was off training in the desert, he was pleased to save her soul and uh, to bring her unto himself. And uh, we've been married now uh, for nearly 25 years. We have four children and one grandbaby. Uh, our, our son and daughter-in-law had their first child this last year. And, oh, and congratulations. So we are blessed. Now, do you get to see your first grandchild frequently? Oh, or, yes. Or uh, praise the Lord. Uh, answer to our prayers, they bought a home uh, not too far from our home. And and uh, if, if at no other time... Uh, at church, but they regularly come over still. Meals are still free at our house. And, and uh, so they, they drop in and get a meal and we get to love on our granddaughter, Samantha. I'm sure they just liked the area. There was no ulterior motive <laughs> in picking such a convenient location, right? Yes. Yes. So at the time that you were able to introduce your wife to the Lord, did you have any children at this point? We did. Yes. We had our first son, and uh, we, uh, we were a young Marine Corps couple, and uh, pray, pray for our servicemen. Uh, they're, they're deployed a lot, separated a lot, the, the pressures that are upon them, dealing with the reality of, of potential life and, and death uh, regularly. Uh, there are immense pressures on uh, our servicemen and, and their wives and their marriages. Uh, so it was there in the, in the crucible of uh, the Marine Corps that— the Lord brought us both to Christ, and, and the Lord taught me to, to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Now, I'm, I'm not perfect in that, but uh, that's where I got started, learning to love her as Christ loved the church, learning to, to uh, serve her and, and uh, want to be a blessing to her and, and to raise up our children for the Lord and, and begin to pattern uh, as, as new believers to say, you know, how then should we live? How, what, what is a biblical husband? What is a biblical wife? What is a biblical home? What is a biblical parent? Um, you know, this is the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference, but it's, it's really no different. How then should we live? And uh, started that from a, a young age there as newborn babes in Christ, uh, just going to the pure milk of the word, as Peter calls it, uh, to see then what would be pleasing to the Lord. So it must have been a major adjustment, not only in your marriage, but in your parenthood, coming back as a Christian. So how old was your oldest child at this time? Oh, just uh, a little over a year. So Okay. So at that point, there was nothing much to know different about a change in daddy otherwise than daddy's home. He, he wouldn't recall uh, beginning to go to church on the Lord's Day. <laughs> no. Well, as a lead pastor, I want to 
give you a reminder and a plug for our friends at Family Life's I Still Do, which is coming to the Moda Center on August 23rd, which won't only be fun fellowship with music and entertainment and comedians, but really good sound doctrine and a statement that you're making to your spouse that you count. As much as these kids count and this career counts and my buddies count, you count even more than this. And because you're a pastor, I don't know if you knew about this, Chuck, but you get to be scholarshiped in absolutely free. So there is an wow. offer on the website, familylife.com slash pastor. And I do want you to take advantage of that. And our friends at Date Night PDX are very strongly encouraging married couples of all stages to date just once a week for the month of August, which will culminate in the I Still Do event. So hopefully you and your wife will be able to come and just take some time off, not as a pastor and his wife or as grandparents, but just as chucking the misses for a change. Absolutely. We'll look into that. Thank you. So when was your list a one-on-one date? No kids, no grandkids, no no agendas. Well, just last week we took three nights at the coast, so that's four days Ooh, out good of the man. coast together. And that, that was a great pre- uh, conference preparation. I'm going to be very, very busy during the conference, but we had a wonderful time out there as husband and wife holding hands uh, basically for four days, loving each other. I'm glad that you did that in preparation for the big event coming, knowing fully well that your priorities and your attention would be shifted throughout this biblical church evangelism conference. So of the different speakers that you've had come over the years, have there been any that really stood out to you? that gave you a message you needed to get slapped upside the head with? Well, this is our second Biblical Church Evangelism Conference. And so uh, last year, Tony Miano was our keynote speaker. Uh, Ken Cook is also a speaker. And then there's myself. And, And ultimately, I think, as Tony pointed out quite well, you know, I don't really want people to hear from me. I don't really want people to hear from Ken or, or Tony. I want them to hear from the Word of God. We possess no authority in and of ourselves. We have no personal authority. The authority comes from God's holy Word. And, and that's why, I mean, that very first word in the title of the conference, it's not just there um, because we had nothing else to, to think of or nothing else to say. Biblical. We, we do want it to be innately biblical, profoundly biblical. And so as you think about maybe like uh, Mark chapter 8, Verse 34, the Lord Jesus says, uh, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit if a man gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. And so my heart is, Tony's heart, Ken's heart, is that men and women, young men, young women, would hear from the Lord Jesus Christ, their Savior, he who bought them with his blood, and that they would love him and love him so passionately, they would want to make his name known, want to make his gospel known, and want men and women who right now are, are biblically blasphemers, biblically rebels against God, to lay down their rebel arms, to cease blasphemy, and to begin to become worshipers and servants of the Lord Jesus. Pastor Chuck O'Neill and Tony Miana will be speaking at the Beaverton Grace Bible Church, August 11th through the 17th at the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference. More about this next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800.
Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. I'm Mike Lee with our very special guest, Tony Miano. He's Bill. He'll be one of the guest speakers at Beaverton Grace Bible Church during this Biblical Church Evangelism Conference. Coming up August 11th through the 17th, more details and information are on the website, biblicalchurchevangelism.org. And it's very intentional that the word biblical comes first, according to our special guest in the studio, Pastor Chuck O'Neill. So, uh, Pastor Chuck and Tony, I'll throw this out to you both now that we've known a little more about your backgrounds and where you've come from and your worldviews. So in a day where there are just so many programs and entertainment-driven outreaches out there, tell us the need for the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference that you two are hosting. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in. Um, I, I, I think you I think you answered your question, Mike, with your question. Uh, the fact that there are so many man-centered, um, uh, man-driven, uh, unbiblical philosophies when it comes to evangelism, uh, there needs to be a writing of the ship in American evangelicalism in many areas, but certainly uh, in evangelism. And, and that's why a conference like this is, is so very important. The, the conferences, the, the conference... Uh, as I see it, and the way I'm, I'm preparing my heart and my mind and my message, messages for the conference, not only to deliver messages, but to sit under the teaching of uh, Pastor Chuck and Ken. Uh, what American evangelicalism needs now is not more how-to training. What American evangelicalism needs is more training in the Word of God. They, the American evangelicals in all areas, certainly in evangelism, they, they need to be taught what the true gospel is. They, they need to be taught what, who Jesus Christ is. Uh, you know, we can't just simply go out on the streets and mention the name of Jesus Christ and assume that a lost and dying world that is inundated That's right. with false Christs knows which Jesus we represent. Uh, we, the, the Jesus of Roman Catholicism is a different Jesus. The, the Jesus of Islam and Mormonism and the Jehovah's Witnesses and Oprah Winfrey and right. uh, quote-unquote evangelical churches, some of them in the Pacific Northwest, are not the Jesus of the Bible. And so Christians need to be educated, and, and this should be happening in their pulpits, and, and uh, in the pulpits of their churches. And certainly this conference in no way, shape, or form is, is an attempt to undermine the biblical authority of pastors and elders of local churches. But let's face it, the, the numbers of solid evangelical biblical churches in the United States today is small and dwindling. Uh, and so our hope is that by teaching sound doctrine about who Jesus Christ is, the person and work of Christ, the truth about what other religions teach about Jesus, and uh, solid presuppositional apologetics and talking about what the gospel actually is and isn't. That is by far the best training any Christian can have, is that which comes directly from the Word of God. Amen. And Tony's final message on Sunday morning at 1015 will be the glory of Christ and his magnificent gospel. And so that that's the pinnacle message 
with a week-long conference. After hearing about uh, Mormonism's gospel, after uh, hearing about uh, Lost a Murderer's Motivation, uh, after after, uh, uh, learning uh, of evangelism's enemy and opposition, uh, and preaching the gospel to a perverse and wicked generation, and, you know, how how to reach Muslims, uh, how to reach Roman Catholics uh, graciously and, and yet truthfully from the Word of God to delineate the difference between a sacramental false salvation and the finished work of Jesus Christ. As he pronounced upon the cross, it is finished. After hearing about all of these specific messages and, and tenets of theology, the pinnacle of the week is is Christ, his glory, his magnificence, his gospel. And I can't wait for that message, frankly, Tony. Yeah, no pressure, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> I'm taking a look at your schedule, which you can find at the website, biblicalchurchevangelism.org. And if I had to pick one word to sum it up about the different breakout seminars that you're sharing, it would be equipping. Equipping the saints is actually one of the programs that we air here on KPDQ. But you really are equipping the saints in the sense that we have a heart for Christ. We have our salvation. But how do we share that most effectively to the world around us, to our unsaved relatives, to people who may have been growing up completely unchurched, or worse, people who grew up in a bad church situation where perhaps doctrine was off, like you were sharing with us, Pastor Chuck, about it being works-driven or be nice to others, but kind of conveniently leaving the name of Jesus Christ out of the equation, which is doomed to failure. So I am curious about one of the outreaches, however. Um, from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., you have, you have listed it, Seattle Seahawks evangelism, taking the gospel to the NFL, Seahawks versus Chargers. Now, we actually had quarterback Jeff Camp from the Seahawks, who's now with Family Life, on a couple of weeks ago. So what on earth is that all about? Well, uh, the the Friday outreach, which Friday is the big, big, big outreach day. There's outreach every day, in fact. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there is gospel outreach. Feet on the streets, sharing the gospel, whether it's in downtown Portland or at the riverfront or at a Mac station or at the Lovejoy Abortion Clinic, there will be gospel outreach every day. Uh, now, if you attend the conference, you do not have to come to the outreach, but it's one thing to be trained verbally from the pulpit. It's another to be trained actually with feet on the street. I highly highly encourage folks to step out in faith and to just stand and pray and listen and watch, if nothing else, but then to step out a little further in faith and hand out a gospel tract. And they may even find themselves, and my prayer is they will find themselves wanting to jump out in faith at some point as they say, you know what, I know the answer to that, and I want to lovingly, compassionately bring that truth that they desperately need to them. But that big day is Friday, and we're going to load up some vans and head up to Seattle, and we're going to Pike's Market there where they throw the fish, the famous market. Okay, and whether or not you've ever been to Pike's Fish Market or you're a big fish fan, that's an event. You might it not is. even like fish, but that's a lot of fun. It is. It's a great place. There'll be lots of families, lots of individuals there. It's it's always packed out, especially here in vacation season. And we will preach the law of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ right there in the heart of Pike's Market. And men and women will stop and they will listen and they will interact uh, we went last year. It was a tremendous time. And and then we will navigate just down the road to the world's largest hemp fest that happens to be going on uh, that Friday, the world's, world's largest hemp fest there in Seattle. We're going to go to the hemp fest. There'll be tens of thousands of people and bring them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then to cap it all off before we come home, the preseason Seahawks 
Chargers game is going on, and there'll be tens of thousands of folks coming to the stadium. And as they're coming in, we'll be handing out thousands of tracks and loving them with action and truth, bringing them the law and the gospel. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity. It's going to be a great faith-stretching time. Literally, lacing up those gospel-shod shoes and stepping out in faith onto the streets. Gentlemen, you mentioned being Pittsburgh Steelers fans. How is it going to be going up to the home of the world champions in this case? Is that going to be kind of uncomfortable for you, or is it going to be healthy to make you step out of your comfort zone? Well, you, you know, Mike, the, the Lord has really prepared me for this kind of ministry. I've, I've uh, preached at uh, the World Series. I've preached at two Super Bowls. I preached at the Olympics uh, in London. I preached at Wimbledon, and I've never actually seen one of those events <laughs> in person. And so uh, I think I, even though I'm an avid sports fan like Pastor Chuck, I think I'm prepared to stand outside a venue yet again and not see the sporting event. So I'm ready. It's funny. In my previous job, I worked with a lot of Christian artists and people say oh you got the greatest job in the world you get to see all these concerts and i had to admit i've heard of a lot of great concerts from outside on the front porch or out in the hallway so similarly i think what you're doing as a ministry and an outreach will not only help strengthen you and use the tools that god has put in your hands but also inspire those who might not feel as comfortable with said tools and you can do so you can learn firsthand by joining this biblical church evangelism conference and the cost is extremely reasonable. In addition to that, I noticed on your website you said financial assistance is available because, quote, we don't want anyone to be held back from attending due to financial hardship. So I think that in and of itself is showing your heart toward ministry and getting God's truth out there. The website is biblicalchurchevangelism.org. And in our final minute, gentlemen, would you like to share anything about this? One more unique facet of the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference, and I don't know if there's another conference that is so dedicated to this, is to train and equip men and women to reach out with the law and the gospel at abortion clinics. This is a life-saving ministry. We had our first baby saved at last year's conference. It was absolutely glorious. You don't want to miss this opportunity to learn to minister the law and the gospel on the streets, at abortion clinics, and everywhere in between. Learn to put your faith into action from Pastor Chuck O'Neill, Tony Miano, Ken Cook, and more at the Biblical Church Evangelism Conference, August 11th through the 17th at Beaverton Grace Bible Church. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. More information is on the website, biblicallychurchevangelism.org. And thanks so much for listening again to Difference Makers on True Talk 800.